time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boy. So wake me up when it's Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 707 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February 24th. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Every Saturday morning right here on 94.5, welcome to the show. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in this crazy world that we think you need to hear about. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about lower taxes, limited government, all the things that mean more freedom. More freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. we got a country to save and it starts right here, right here in the studio, right there wherever you are uh, listening to the sound of my voice. Joined in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you this morning? Doing good this weekend, Reese. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. I've got some good uh, coffee this morning. i got some of our One Nation coffee that I'm enjoying this morning. Always uh, happy to wake up with a little Reveille blend, so it keeps me... Uh, Keeps me awake during this early show. What you what you got on your side yeah, of the glass? I'm over drinking there? peats because Pete's. I need a refill on the uh, one nation on the good stuff. On yeah. the good stuff, I um, wanted to uh, remind our listeners, Glenn, we've got a giveaway going on while I, while we're on the subject of One Nation Coffee, which I encourage people to check out. We've got some One Nation Coffee to give away, and if anybody would like to pick up some of that fine One Nation Coffee, send us a. Email to the mailbag for the show. It's ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com. You can ask us your questions, send us your tips, show tips, topic suggestions, questions, whatever is on your mind. Or you can just put in the email, I'd like some of that fine One Nation coffee that you guys drink on the show. And we'll throw your name in the hat. And when, we'll, uh, when we get uh, sometime between now and the next show, we'll do a little drawing. And somebody will announce on the next show, somebody will get a a little gift basket with some of that fine One Nation Coffee. I want to encourage everybody to check out OneNationCoffee.com. All purchases at OneNationCoffee.com benefit the One Nation Foundation, which benefits uh, first responders, uh, law enforcement. And it's just a great, it's a great coffee for a great cause at a great price. And if you uh, use the Saturday Morning Coffee promo code, You'll get an even better price. So check them out, OneNationCoffee.com. want to remind everybody that we um, do have a Twitter handle for the show, at Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. If you sign up uh, to get updates from the show, whenever we post a new version of the podcast uh, to the, pad- the podcast page, uh, you'll get an update over uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Also wanted to remind uh, you guys that the uh, offices of Davis and Boyd, one of our host here on the show pleased to hear from you during normal business hours not everybody's up for a conversation on saturday morning but uh you can reach us at the offices of davis and boyd anytime 843-839-9800 always happy to uh hear from our listeners and glenn got a a resume this week based on the show but we are hiring at davis and boyd so if you are a looking for a job either as an associate attorney a paralegal uh or any sort of um uh 
administrative job that you'd like a change, you never know who we might be able to uh, use. Give, give us a shout and shoot us an email if you can uh, through the show with a resume. We'll be glad to take a look at that, but we are hiring at the law firm. So, and, uh, and do want to remind you guys that Saturday Morning Coffee is available as a podcast. Glenn, so we got a lot going on uh, this week. Crazy week. Got a very special show that we're working on. We got this morning. We got a very special, of course, it's it's election day, Glenn. Let's start with that. Right, right. Uh, South Carolina presidential preference primary happening today. Yeah, get up and get out there and get vote. Get up, get moving, get out, vote. I would say vote early, vote, vote, vote early, vote often, but that's probably not the best advice. But, yeah, presidential preference primary happening today in South Carolina. And, and Glenn, wanted to bring everybody's attention. I was having a conversation with uh, one of our listeners just this week, and I asked him about closing the primaries here in South Carolina. There's been a lot of discussion about the primaries being open in South Carolina. Uh, and we've And I, for many years, have been an advocate of closing the primaries. I think if you are a... Uh, Republican, you should vote in the Republican primary. And if you're a Democrat, you should vote in the Democrat primary. And if you're an independent, if you don't want to register as a partisan, that you should have a choice, but you shouldn't be able to flip-flop back and forth during the same election cycle. I mean, is that is that hard to justify, Glenn? Does that seem crazy? No, That Republicans should vote in the Republican primary? It, it kind of makes sense. Uh, nobody else can be meddling. If you're a Democrat and you want to vote in the Republican primary, you're an idiot. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. This is my grandmother would say. Yeah. All right. You must be up to something. What are you up to? So I want to remind everybody because uh, I was talking to a listener, Glenn, who did not realize that these questions are on the ballot, but there are three advisory questions, I believe, that are on the presidential preference primary ballot, which folks will get today when they go vote if they haven't voted already. But one of them uh, deals with this very question of closing the Republican primaries. The second one uh, relates to judicial reform. You know, we've had a lot of discussion on this show about judicial reform and the need to take a very serious look, which is being done in the General Assembly, but to take a serious look at how we choose our judges uh, here in South Carolina. The third question relates to a tort reform question, a tort reform proposal as it relates to comparative versus contributory negligence, changing the rules basically by which uh, businesses can or can't be held liable for certain things in a, in a lawsuit, for example. But that first question, and, and the listener that I was talking to earlier did not even realize that this was on the ballot. He said, I didn't realize primaries were on the ballot. He said, I saw a few questions, but I didn't think primaries were on there. I said, yes, it's the first question. And like anything else, Glenn, they seem to word these questions in such a way that you, you need a Philadelphia lawyer in the voting booth mm -hmm. with you to interpret them. But the question that's on the ballot says, should South Carolina law be changed to give people the right to register to vote with the political party of their choice? Seems pretty innocuous, but what that really means it's question one on the ballot. What that means is, yes, you would have the right to register by political party. And so when the Republican primary comes up, it would be open to Republican voters. Right. Now, there are variations on that. Some people would make it open to independent voters. Some people would give in independent voters the option each cycle of voting one or the other, voting one party primary and not another, but, but choosing one. But I think it's very important 
that we close our primaries in South Carolina because for far too long we've had a lot of crossover voting. It was a big factor in New Hampshire. You heard a lot of complaints in the presidential primary in New Hampshire about Democrats going out. And, and frankly, this year, Glenn, there's very little, if any, interest in the Democratic primary. I think the Democratic primary in South Carolina had, what, well under 10%, maybe about a 5% turnout, as I recall? Yeah, I don't think they're motivated about anything except making sure that Donald Trump never serves as president again. That seems to be the only motivation I see from the Democratic Party. And their voting goes to show it as well. And certain Republicans are playing into that mm-hmm. and taking advantage of that as, as uh, you know, as, as, as yet another tool for achieving whatever political ends they have. But the bottom line is, look, if you're if you're a Republican and you're trying to choose the best Republican candidate, uh, then, yeah, you have every right to vote in the primary. If you're a Democrat and you're just trying to, you know, wreak havoc in the Republican primary or cause harm to the process or cause harm to the candidate that you think would be most detrimental or most challenging to the Democrats in November. uh, No, we're not interested. No, thank you. So that's on the ballot. I encourage people to take a hard look at that question and support that question, uh, Glenn, and and uh, all that. And and by the way, listen, we've got a very special guest on today's show. Going to be joined here in just a minute by Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson is in town to, uh, I believe, he's receiving an award, and uh, so he's uh, in the area. And of course, uh, it's primary weekend, so he uh, is here making the rounds, doing some uh, doing some speaking, doing some glad handing. So. We'll be pleased to talk to him and all that and a lot more to talk about right here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I would not be surprised to see him in the shadow of Donald Trump this you know? weekend. And just like uh, Tim right, Tim uh, Scott was, you know, and is. I mean, what, what, what better advocates can you have for yourself if you're running for president than those two guys? One thing that I noticed that was interesting, Donald Trump is doing very well among African-American males. Mm-hmm. They like him a lot. Well, they're it's because they're smart. They're seeing what's going on on the Democrat side, and that they've they're not they're not getting or achieving what the Democratic Party says that they are achieving. It, they're it's a farce. No, it's it's um, we have heard the old jokes about Bill Clinton. Various Democrats, you know, they don't they don't really want to they don't want to really buy the Democratic vote. They just or the or the or the African American vote. They just want to rent it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, I think a long history of that per, that portion of the population being taken for granted uh, by the Democratic Party, and I think that's I think they're wising up to that. I think by and large, many many African Americans, particularly the males that seem to relate to well to Donald Trump, seem to be wising up to that, and I think they're rightly tired of it. So. All that and more, folks. Plenty to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope you'll stick with us. We're going to be joined by Dr. Ben Carson, so stick around. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. A blanket of newspaper covered his head. Step was his pillow. Street was his bed. One look at his face showed.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on this Saturday morning, Saturday, February 24th. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. As promised, we've got a very special guest joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. It is, uh, as we discussed, Dr. Ben Carson joining us here on the show. Dr. Carson is uh, uh, just a, I'm a huge fan and so thrilled that he is able to join us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Dr. Carson, thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. I couldn't think of a better place to be, thanks. Well, it is just, uh, I'm, I'm a, um, a, a great uh, admirer of yours and just happy to have you uh, on the show with us, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you're in town because of the South Carolina Republican primary going on uh, today. We've been talking about that, but um, just uh, I, I've I just I wanted I was doing a little research, Dr. Carson, in, in anticipation of the interview. Did you know that you? T- I want to talk about how accomplished you are just briefly. Did you realize that your Wikipedia entry, exclusive of footnotes is in excess of 20 pages. Oh, really? <laughs> it's wow. a, it's a, it's a, you have, you have a storied uh, career and it is just an honor to speak with you. I, I'm just thrilled to, to have you here on the show and wanted to, um, of course, you need no introduction, but I believe you are probably one of the more accomplished guests that we've had on Saturday morning coffee. What, what does bring you to town? I assume you're here for the Republican primary. Uh, here for the primary. I've, been here uh, much of the week. I was uh, speaking at a number of uh, venues, and I had to go back to D.C. yesterday to speak at CPAC. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm here tonight for an affair of conservative African Americans and I... receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. Very good. Well, and, uh, President Trump will be speaking at that as well. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I, I, I'm often, one of the reasons, of course, I I um, do so much admire you, Dr. Carson, and I've been following you back well before 2016 during the run for presidency back in, in 2016. But I, I just wanted to, you know, you are living proof and you, you prove that the, the old conventional wisdom that African-Americans need to be Democrats or can't be conservative. You, you're, you're living proof that that's not true, at least universally. And you've accomplished so much. What is it, in, in your opinion, it, it seems as though that the Republican Party, conservatism more generally, I, I I'm, consider myself a conservative first, but it seems that conservatism finally seems to be catching on in, in among the yeah. African-American community. Do you, do you see that happening? Is that my imagination? Do you see that happening? And, and if it is, what do you attribute? that too. No, no, it's clearly happening. I, I think a lot of people are starting to open their eyes and see what's going on. You look at Chicago, for instance, where all the uh, illegal immigrants are coming uh, through. Well, that's having a real impact on the local economy there. And uh, that affects a lot of the African-American families. And, you know, they're rightly asking, uh, does there does our society have the obligation to take care of others before they take care of its own? And uh, they're not liking the answer that they're getting to that. And it's causing them to uh, reassess. And I hope that reassessment goes deeper than just that one issue. I, I hope they maybe go back and do some historical investigations and see that the Republican Party was established as an abolitionist party. 
that it was the Republicans who protected the rights of the freedmen. It was the Republicans who gave them gun rights. It's the Republicans who pushed for the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. And basically have always supported the concept of personal responsibility as opposed to government taking care of everything, which actually cripples people and makes them dependent. One of the things that I always like to point to when we have these discussions, Dr. Carson, is, you know, ostensibly the war on poverty that we commenced under uh, Lyndon Johnson back in the 60s was was theoretically at least uh, commenced to end poverty, which was more prevalent at that time in the African-American community than, than other communities. But in the process of creating all these government, pro- government programs, we've, we've created a society where the majority of African-American children growing up when Lyndon Johnson declared war on poverty, most of them had two-parent homes. Most of them lived yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a home with a mother and a father. I think it was about 25-75 was the split. Now we see it's, it's just the opposite. Just and, the opposite. And, and most African-American children are not growing up with the benefit of two parents. And I think that's probably one of the most destructive things that this government has ever done to any, uh, any no members question. of our society, African-American or otherwise. No question about it. And those children who grew up in those kinds of homes uh, by any metric, uh, do worse than the general population. And the sad thing is that those statistics are now starting to be manifested in the population at large, and we're seeing the manifestation of that as our society is rapidly deteriorating, as the whole concept of faith and family is being attacked you know, by social media and Hollywood and uh, many of our institutions. And it's causing us to throw away the values and the principles that were so important in the rise of this country. Yes. Uh, One of the things I noted in your your bio, the many, many great uh, books that you've written through Zondervan, and it's clear, you know, I always love how you are a man of faith. How does your faith guide you through these, uh, through the political wilderness, if I can put it that way, and and what does it mean uh, to be a, a a man of faith, trying to make a difference in 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 the political arena? Well, you know, there there are some people who say, just stay out of it and let nature take its course. Uh, I don't think that was why God gave us a brain. He gave it us these incredibly sophisticated brains so that we could analyze so that we could look at history, so that we could learn from mistakes and take corrective action. And, you know, my faith doesn't allow me to sit back and relax Mm. because as an extremely busy neurosurgeon, I looked forward for a long time to retirement, playing golf, cruising around the world, reading all the books I never got to read, seeing all the movies I never got to see. But uh, looking at the direction of our country, I realized I couldn't enjoy myself doing any of those things while the country was going down the tubes. So that's why, you know, I've stayed involved. I figure I'll retire when I get to heaven. <laughs> that's that is a great <laughs> answer. That's a great retirement. I I, I have uh, so thought about that so many times because 
on a much lesser scale. I, I you know, I've been uh, had my own political aspirations and involvements, and sometimes it's so frustrating because you have to juggle life and family and children and work and. I'm a pra- practicing attorney when I'm not doing all these other things. And sometimes you think, what is, but I feel like God calls us to be salt and light in the public square. And I just, I feel like when we sit back and we don't engage, I feel like he's, it's disappointing to him. It's a sin in, in, on some level. I'm sure it is. And you know, he gives us all different talents, but it's expected that you will develop and use those talents. Not only to improve your own life, but the lives of the people around you. Mm. Amen. We'll give you a little ding for that one. We, um, I wanted to, we, we have a ding for uh, wisdom and, and, and profound comments. We always pass a few of those out on the show. You, one of the books you wrote, Dr. Carson, a book called America the Beautiful, Rediscovering What Made This Nation Great. That's a great book. I encourage people to grab a copy and check it out. you got many good books that we, we could talk about, but I wanted to ask you one question because I've, I feel like we are in a dark time. Um, we're seeing an, an unchecked, you know, invasion. The country's being overrun on the southern border. Some say even on the northern border. And we've just got inflation and lots of things happening that are just. I don't. This will not be remembered as our sh- one of our shining moments. But I, you know, I see brighter days ahead. But what what is your what is your take on? making America great again, if I can use that very overworked phrase right now. But what do we need to do to rediscover what made America great and get this country back on track? Well, I think that the people, we the people, have got to be courageous and we've got to take responsibility. You know, one of the things I discovered when I was uh, running president, traveling all over the country, is that the majority of our people actually have common sense. What they lack is courage. People would rather stand in the corner staring at the floor than to speak up because they might be canceled or called a nasty name. And that's a problem. We've got to stop doing that and reinsert ourselves. Use the vote appropriately. Most people that go in a voting booth, they're just looking for the name that looks familiar. Uh, it could be Satan. Yep, I'm, I know that one. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just not working for us. And people need to invest some time because it's very important to know who is representing you. And also, we have to stop accepting ridiculous things. Like uh, during the 2020 election, they would say, you can observe the polling place, but you've got to do it from way over there where you can't see what's going on. Or, let's say, the signatures don't have to match on the mail-in ballots. The addresses don't have to match. Or a thousand can come from the same address. It's okay. You don't have to accept that stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got to become much more involved in the process because for a republic to work, people have to be involved. Amen. That's a comment that brings to mind the following what what are your thoughts on the upcoming election are you are you confident speaking of mail-in ballots are you confident that we're going to have or be able to count on a a safe reliable valid election is that something that you're are you comfortable with where we are how are your how are your how how are your thoughts in that regard no no i'm not comfortable with it but I, i do think there'll be more vigilance this time uh, than there was the last time, mm-hmm. and uh, but 
you know, we need to go to a system that is foolproof and that everybody can have confidence in. It shouldn't be a Republican or a Democrat thing. Everybody should be interested in fair, transparent elections and have a process whereby we can prove things. Amen. And you take a country like France. They abolished routine mail-in voting in 1975. They said there was way too much cheating. There was no way to control it. And they just went to, you know, a system of the balloting on the same day. And uh, they know their results either that night or the next day. Yeah, I think as long as long as we have mass mailing of ballots to people who are just happen who have their names on a voting roll, and they they haven't asked for the ballot, they haven't requested it, and we're just blasting out ballots to everybody on the roll in case they want to fill it out and return it by mail. Um, I don't know that we'll ever have another you know secure, safe election as you and I would probably define it. As long as that's taking place, I mean. I, Yes, we need absentee balloting. We need, you know, we early voting. We have many people early vote in South Carolina, but that's a different, you know, that's a different process. You go in person to vote at a time, you know, our, our early voting started on Monday. But I, I think this mass mailing of ballots where it's happening is a huge problem, huge problem. Yeah, it is. And, and the reason we do it is because it does allow for some mischief. Sure. If we... If we were really interested in, in integrity and voting, we would simply not do that. There are very few other places in the world where you can do that. Yeah, yeah. and I think and, the Republicans... there's very, very few places in the world where you can't where you can vote without an ID. It, it's just common sense. These are not. This is not rocket science, as well, we like speaking, to say. Well, speaking, I mean, we just landed on the moon yesterday. We yeah. should have a fair election in this <laughs> country think. by now. You would think since 1972, we haven't been on the moon. Um. Oh, and I know we've taken your time, Dr. Carson. I really appreciate you joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. One, a couple other questions I wanted to ask you. You mentioned crazy uh, conservatives accepting crazy ideas that we just should not accept. One of the things that I feel like that we have been accepting and, and too accepting of and, and not sure how to respond to as conservatives is sort of one piece of this woke agenda that we see around all around us, and that's the DEI agenda. You know, about a decade ago, a, a college trustee from one of the colleges here in South Carolina called me and he said, you know, we got a little dirty secret here on our, on our college campuses. They're hiring these, they call them DEI officers and they're meeting with your children. They're meeting with these kids on these college campuses and these little groups. And they're telling them if they're white, by definition, they're racist. And that's kind of my, that was my first lead in to DEI. And I feel like conservatives have been asleep at the wheel. We're, we're, we're hesitant to respond. We, we have been hesitant. I think that's changing. And of course, I'm white. And so when I say something critical about DEI, a lot of people come back at me and they just will say, well, you're just a racist. But to, what is, as, a, as, a, as an African-American, as a conservative, what is the right, in your mind, the proper response to these crazy, woke DEI initiatives that we see all around us? Well, you know, we have to look at the fact that We've had enormous change uh, in our society just in my lifetime. I remember as a six-year-old going to Tennessee and seeing whites-only and colors-only signs and people explaining to me what that was all about. Um, in the same lifetime, we have 
black admirals and generals and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and heads of foundations and university presidents. We've had a black president of the United States. I mean, we've made enormous progress in just one lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to make that progress. But when you have outside forces interfering with that, you got a problem. You know, I'll give you a personal example. You know, I'm the chairman of the um, Nominating and Governance Committee of, of a Fortune 500 company. And we recently brought on a couple of board members uh, as we planned for succession. And our percentage of women dropped from 33% to 25%. So Glass-Lewis said, don't vote for Carson because he's the chairman of that committee. Now, of course, the voters did not respond to them, and they voted me back in. But hmm. if they'd gotten rid of me, then they would have been saying they don't have diversity. On the board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you can't you can't govern by numbers. No, you have to govern by what makes sense Amen. for that organization at that time. And uh, you know, we're just becoming incredibly silly. With, with all of this stuff. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yes, we are. Well, Dr. Carson, we've got to head into a break. Well, I want to just thank you for your time. It's an honor and a privilege to speak with you this morning. Uh, any parting wisdom thoughts you want to leave our, our listeners with? Or do you want to ask yeah. them about the short list? Or the short list, yeah. Are, yeah. You, are you on the short list? <laughs> yeah, I, do. I know you're retired, we, right? You want to retire, but I think you might have some work to do in the next four or eight years, maybe 12. Well, I, I'll tell you, uh, Donald Trump has very good instincts and he's got a deep bench to choose from and i'm sure it will be a very good choice that's a very good that almost sounds vice presidential yeah, that, 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 very good answer well yeah. dr carson listen but we are rooting for you for what it's worth not that he's talking to us but we're yeah. rooting for you oh praise the lord in terms of a parting shot i would just say to people we are not enemies W-A-N-E, Wayne. You know, um, hatred has waxed for a long time. Now it's time for it to wane. Mm. Right. And our Amen. strength in the past has been the fact that we had a sense of community and we worked together. We didn't always agree about everything, but it didn't make us into enemies. We are allowing ourselves to be manipulated on the basis of race, age, income, gender, political affiliation, religion. And it is destroying us, and we have to recognize that we're being manipulated. Mm. Amen to that. Well, listen, Dr. Carson, we have got to run. Thank you so much for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee, and come back anytime. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Folks, it's Dr. Ben Carson, Saturday Morning Coffee. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Stick around. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, I'm talking about Conway Ford. We love all our sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee, but we especially love Conway Ford where they are proud to be celebrating their 36th year open for business, folks. You don't remain open 
for 36 years in business unless you're doing something right. It's 36 years serving the community, servicing your vehicle, and offering the best prices and the best buying experience around. Just for example, check out this great deal now going on at Conway Ford. Right now, get 1.9% financing for 72 months on new 2023 Ford F-150, some of the finest pickup trucks on the road. That's a great deal on America's best-selling truck for 47 years and running. For the best sales and service experience and the best prices, come to Conway Ford, where their people make the difference. And speaking of the best uh, service experience right now, they're offering pickup and delivery on all your service needs. That's right. The service provider will come to your home or place of work, pick up your vehicle, and bring it in for service and drop it back off to you when it's done. So for the best buying or service experience, the best customer service around, check them out. It's Conway Ford on Church Street in Conway. Worth the drive, no matter where you're coming from. Conway Ford in Conway. Out of the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking, to love came calling. Rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, six feet Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I want to thank uh, Dr. Ben Carson for joining us here on the show. Man, what an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing individual. Uh, Glenn, I was uh, looking at his bio. He has done so much. He is just a phenomenal, phenomenal American. Well, and whoever Donald Trump picks as his running mate for vice president, um, like Dr. Carson said, I'm sure it'll be a great choice. So. I'm sure it, it will be, but I will tell you, I don't think Donald Trump could make a better pick than Ben Carson. But uh, Whoever it is, uh, like Trump said the other night with Laura Ingram, that it needs to be somebody that can be the next president of the United States. Yeah. So. And I think, don't you think Ben Carson yeah, fits I, that bill? I think it'd be a great choice. I think it'd be a great choice. Yeah. I mean, he has common sense, which is lacking in the government today. Yeah. You know, it, it is and it is truly refreshing to see, Glenn, that there are that there are so many bright lights. You know, there are we, we tend to think that that all is, you know, lost, that America's greatest days are behind us. Uh, that is not true. There are plenty of Americans who know the intrinsic greatness of America, who understand the the uniqueness, the, 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 the who get american exceptionalism right and are ready to go back to work to roll up our sleeves and again to overwork to use an overwork phrase to make america great again again but that's really what we're about glenn is is putting people in charge who won't just have an open border you know who won't just have uh reckless policies at the DOD that value drag queen story hour over providing the equipment that our that our troops our soldiers need. I mean, we we have put this country in the in the control under the direction of an administration that has lost its mind. These people are nuts. Right. And they're doing lasting damage to the country, and I truly believe we've said this we've said this before, Glenn. I will say it again. I really believe that November 2024 is a watershed moment for this country and that we must, Americans, common sense Americans who support traditional conservative values, Republicans, independents, and even a few right-leaning Democrats 
Glenn, who realized that the country is on the line, must come together right. and must support, uh, you know, must support a candidate. And I'm assuming it's going to be Donald Trump, but must support a candidate that will get this country back on the rails and get us moving in the right direction again. So I really appreciated what uh, Dr. Carson had to say about, uh, you know, I really so appreciate his comments on DEI. And I really have been really concerned, Glenn, in, in recent, in the, in the last few years, the things that we are seeing happening with DEI on our college campuses, uh, in the workplace, particularly in corporate America. It's really astonishing how this really insidious uh, doctrine has taken root and, and is influencing so many of our institutions and has, has corrupted so many of our institutions. And it was really encouraged to hear Dr. Carson say, you know, as, a, as an African-American, we've got to get back to community in this country. We've got to get back to treating one another as human beings, as True. individuals, as Americans, not as a member of a particular class, not as a member of a particular socioeconomic group, not as a member of a particular ethnicity or a particular race, but as fellow Americans. That's the danger. That's the critical danger in all of this woke ideology and the DEI theology that's creeping, that has, it's not even creeping anymore. It's running rampant. Yeah, through our colleges, even through our high schools, Glenn. It's it's yeah. it's just, and through our businesses, it's it's, and even more perniciously through big tech. Through mm-hmm. did you notice uh, the Google AI? And, yeah, and how all, you know the all the blacks and Asians. The founding there. the founding fathers, the yeah. the Vikings were African American. The, the, the Nazis were African American. I and had Asian. no idea. Yeah. Glenn, that the Nazis were African-American. And you know what? Everybody's talking about it, Reese. I don't think that it was a mistake. I think it was get people in there searching and Googling to see what is there to, everybody is talking about. And then it kind of gets you on that addictive path that they want where you're going to you know, become familiar with it and want to use it. Yeah. So I don't think it was a big mistake. I, I, no, I think it reveals, Glenn, the underlying, there is an underlying agenda and ideology at work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting when you ask Google AI for a picture of people enjoying fried chicken, and this was cute, it's a white crowd. You don't get any white people unless you ask Google for pictures of people enjoying fried chicken, and suddenly all those oh, yeah, because if you ask for a white person, it tells you you can't do that based on... Sorry, I can't give you that. Yeah. But you yeah. know how much time we got, Glenn? I know we not the, much. We got to go. We got to go. All right, folks, we got to go. I got so much to say on that note, but we'll save it for uh, the next segment. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee choose light every day i wake up i choose light choose light folks yeah but you're not choosing bud light are I'm you i'm not choosing bud light yeah still um, not yeah you've made it to the uh, end of another episode of saturday morning coffee folks it is the parting wisdom segment glenn we don't have enough time to get into what i was about to get into but the dei discussion with dr ben carson just reminded me you know it's i i remember and there's so much we'll, we'll pick this up 
uh, in a segment on the next show. But I remember a, a quote. I think I'm quoting uh, Thomas, uh, Justice Thomas when I say this. If you want to end, I might be quoting the Chief Justice. One of the justices had a, had a comment in a recent opinion, fairly recent, within the last few years. They said, if you want to end racism in America, the first thing you have to do is stop treating people differently based on the color of their skin. And or to quote none other than Morgan Freeman on a on a interview with Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes uh, several years ago. We've played this quote before. Mm-hmm. You want to end racism, and this is Morgan Freeman talking, stop talking about it. Right. You know, that's the problem in a nutshell with DEI is it forces everything to be viewed through this hypercritical lens of, of color and race. And by forcing us, everybody, white, black, yellow, red, whatever color, to think about everything in terms of race and color, you are sowing the seeds of ongoing division, and there's no future in that. Absolutely. There's only multiculturalism. And one thing I would say, you know, this country has been working for years to to solve the racism problem, and we have done a lot. How many times as an attorney have I received a call from someone who was treated like dirt by their employer mm-hmm. and but they have no recourse because I said look guy it's a because it's a white guy it's a it's a white guy and I say look dude if you were black I could help you if you were a woman I could help you if you were old I could help you but as a young white guy there is literally nothing I can do for you and that's just the tip of the iceberg uh Glenn but we'll talk about that A little bit more later, folks. It is uh, another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee in the Can. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Vote today, and we'll see you next week. for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.